Good evening, everybody. Uh, we have our friend David Glinky back. <laughs> you were in uh, South Korea, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, he, he flies for American Airlines, and he, he was taking cargo over to South Korea, and you land. Are you allowed to exit the plane, or do you have to stay in? Or? in? In South Korea, we land, and we stay there for three days, and we fly over empty, no flight attendants, no passengers, and actually no cargo. Then uh, we fly one leg to China. We're not allowed to get off the plane. They come on with hazmat, take our temperatures, even though we're not, we're not getting off the plane. And the only revenue leg is the last leg home from China to L.A. So there must be some serious cargo in there. To, I don't even want to know yeah, what's in there. Yeah, no comment. Yeah, so I have well, no idea. I'm glad you're home. <laughs> Thank and you. And it's good I to have him with that. us. And we're going to be redoing this set. I know a lot of folks are saying it was warmer in the sanctuary and it seems so sterile. And just we're working out all the bugs. We've never done this before. And we've got plans for kind of a, a warmer set and all that stuff. But we're, we're getting there. Uh, so be patient with us if you don't mind. And you always <laughs> have been. So we're grateful for yeah. that. I want to walk you through some uh, slides because, as you know, uh, tomorrow begins the perpetual purple uh, plague that uh, Governor Newsom has placed us in. And here in Ventura County, we haven't had a death recorded. Well, there's a 14-day. Mm -hmm. uh, there hasn't been a death in 14 days, but I think even before that, we're, we're hovering around 174 tragic deaths. Uh, how many of those attributed from COVID as opposed to with COVID? I'm, we're not sure at this point. But the testing has increased. Uh, we're supposed to average 150 a day, and we're doing over 400 tests a day. Uh, and and uh, Dr. Levin is instructed all the physicians in the county to test even asymptomatic people. Test everyone you can, because if we can keep uh, putting forward this idea that all these people are being tested positive, but in reality, uh, our ICU, I think we have 15 in ICU. Yeah. Uh, over 80% of our beds are available. Um, we've had no deaths. Uh, so for those who are in ICU, praying for them. Uh, but the point is, we're locking down the entire county and the state. And the governor has come out, as you saw last night, starting tomorrow uh, with a, a curfew. And, and this insidious virus at 959 you better get home because at 10 o'clock, it runs rampant. It's really smart. Yeah, it's the smartest virus on the planet. <laughs> so we're going to take a look at some of these things because uh, these orders are absolutely obnoxious. And they always say it's about the science. It's about the science. So I, I want to begin with this first slide. This is my dear friend who is also the Senate Minority Leader, Senator Shannon Grove. And she said this to the governor. She said, Californians are eagerly waiting for Governor Newsom to provide data that shows transmission rates are higher between 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. Californians should do their part to keep safe, but we have also, uh, but we have to also help small businesses survive this pandemic and this governor. And I was, I'm just so blessed by her leadership. She's encouraging. She's an amazing lady. She did this quiz yesterday for everybody. She says, "Pop quiz in California: $350 is equal to one week's unemployment check for millions of California workers. B, the cost of Gavin Newsom's dinner per plate." at Napa's French laundry, laundry restaurant paid for by taxpayers, or C, <laughs> both of the above. And by the way, as she points out at the bottom, the EDD is still failing on unemployment checks, but the governor's still able to eat out on our dime and to violate his own orders. And the Babylon Bee, I love this, 
They said New, uh, Newsom announces curfew so he won't have to wait in long lines at fancy restaurants. And in the upper right-hand corner, that's a picture of the governor. No social distancing, no mask. And as you know, he didn't face any consequences. Uh, he just apologized. And as I've been telling all of you, uh, enjoy your Thanksgiving and just preemptively apologize because I'm sure the governor will be watching as you're having your Thanksgiving dinner. But don't panic. Uh, he, he just wants to show you he's in control. Governor Mussolini, and then let's go to the next slide if we could. Uh, the, the whole point of this lockdown is it's called the Everlasting Job Stopper. 65% uh, of the restaurants in our county will never reopen. We were visiting today, taking pictures, and we're doing uh, video footage of all the boarded businesses. We're gonna, we have a list of them. Uh, San Diego's been doing the same, and a number of folks have been tabulating and laying this out. This is a direct attack on middle America uh, on these small business owners, they want to ruin us, and it, we, we see that the data doesn't justify what they're doing, and so this is the everlasting job stopper. <coughs> Interestingly enough, um, so, so the governor does these mandates, increases testing, and then he releases prisoners early because he doesn't want them to contract COVID. Uh, and by the way, I, I'll get to this in a minute with, with Senator Grove, but he if, if you violate the governor's order at Thanksgiving and you're put in jail or we're violating the governor's order by opening the church and he puts us in jail, we're just going to be released because all we have to do is contract COVID and it'll let us go home. It doesn't make much sense. But in releasing these prisoners early and what the devastation has done to our law enforcement, that they have to deal with all these folks who've just been released into the streets and having to, to keep up with this. And now the governor wants these sheriffs in all, uh, these 41 counties to enforce it, affecting 95% of California. And this is what's happening. Releasing prisoners early leads to death of two-month-old baby due to Governor Newsom's July 2020 edict on reducing the prison population during COVID-19. Garcia was released August 4th, 2020. He goes on and, and he, he was responsible for the death of his two-month-old. And then I wanted to take you to some good news. Um, this is our own Ventura County Sheriff, Bill Ayub. God bless this man. In addition, the Orange County Sheriff. In addition, the San Diego County Sheriff. In addition, the Los Angeles County Sheriff. They've all come out in unison. Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrate. They're telling the governor to go pack sand. The Ventura County Sheriff's Office is aware of Governor Newsom's latest stay-at-home orders and curfew that go into effect on Saturday, November 21st, 2020. In short, we will not be actively enforcing the curfew order. However, we will continue to respond to public safety concerns. God bless you guys. Thank you. And provide law enforcement services wherever they are needed. We ask that everyone do their part to avoid situations that may contribute to the spread of COVID-19. Thank you. Thank you, Sheriff Ayub. You're a good man. We're grateful for you. Um, he is one who understands the Constitution and stands by it. And even though our governor, who swore to defend that Constitution, is violating our inalienable rights, uh, this is problematic. And now, shifting gears a little bit, our friend Dr. Simone Gold, who's been on the program with us, she pointed out today, without implementing lockdowns, Sweden had lower death rates than its neighbors during the first wave. And in the second wave, Sweden has much lower death rates than its neighbors. So why are politicians implementing lockdowns, again, when it has been shown that they're not effective? We covered this briefly yesterday with an individual in Canada who chimed in, and he was a pathologist. And if we can show that slide, uh, top pathologist claims coronavirus is the greatest hoax ever perpetrated on an unsuspecting public. And I wanted to go further for all of you. Dr. Uh, Roger Hodkinson, 
He told the government officials in Alberta during a Zoom conference call, uh, and he points this out, and I, I wanted you to hear it live. And so take a look, not live, but I wanted you to hear it for yourself. So take a listen uh, to this Zoom call, and you'll see it on the screen as we've pulled a recording for you. Uh, S. Peterson. S. Peterson. Uh, Mr. Chairman, this is Dr. Hawkinson. I just want to let you know I'm standing by. Oh, okay. Well, we would love to hear from you. The floor is yours. Thank you very much. Um, I do appreciate the opportunity to address you on this very important matter. Um, and what I'm going to say is lay language and blunt. Um, it's counter-narrative, and so, so you don't immediately think I'm a quack. I'm going to briefly outline my credentials so that you can understand where I'm coming from in terms of knowledge base in all of this. I'm a medical specialist in pathology, which includes virology. I trained at Cambridge University in the UK. I'm the ex-president of the pathology section of the Medical Association. I was previously an assistant professor in the faculty of medicine doing a lot of teaching. I was the chairman of the Royal College of Physicians of Canada Examination Committee in Pathology in Ottawa. But more to the point, I'm currently the chairman of a biotechnology company in North Carolina selling a COVID-19 test. And I might, you might say I know a little bit about all of this. The bottom line is simply this. There is utterly unfounded public hysteria driven by the media and politicians. It's outrageous. This is the greatest hoax ever perpetrated on an unsuspecting public. There is absolutely nothing that can be done to contain this virus other than protecting older, more vulnerable people. It should be thought of nothing more than a bad flu season. This is not Ebola. It's not SARS. It's politics playing medicine, and that's a very dangerous game. Uh, S. Peterson. We can skip that. There we go. So uh, pretty compelling. That goes on. It's another four minutes. I just want you to hear the gist of it. And uh, that's why tonight's guest is, he's been on the show before, but there's two things that he's going to provide for us. And, and he had, he's actually uh, on vacation. He actually had to go because we couldn't get a good connection service. And he had, to, he had to go into town, avoid hitting any deer out in the middle of nowhere to come to the local library. He's outside. We don't have great lighting. But I want to get to Dr. Keith in a moment. I want to set it up this way because not only is he going to be able to address these issues as a doctor and who's also worked with the World Health Organization, uh, and you've, you've seen him on the show before, and he also has insights because he's worked in a number of areas. He's one of the most fascinating and wonderful people I've ever had the privilege to know. Uh, but I wanted to kind of set it up because as we've been seeing all of the contesting issues in regards to this election, Dr. Keith has some insights because he's been working with these folks closely. But here are a couple more slides, and then we're going to have Dr. Keith come on. Take a look at this slide, if you would. This is, um, uh, let's see, which one do we have here? We got it, Micah? Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Dominions, buy one, get 10 free, 4 a.m. delivery only. We're looking at all of the struggles in these states whose elections and votes are being contested. But this is also fascinating, too. Breaking today, circuit courts have been reassigned, effective November 20th, 2020, 
order pursuant to Title 28, United States Code, Section 42. Look who is in charge of Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Georgia. And Michigan, we've got Brett Kavanaugh, Wisconsin, Amy Coney Barrett, Pennsylvania, Samuel Leto, and Georgia is Clarence Thomas. Uh, we're setting th this election's not over, folks. And there's a lot of stuff happening, even though the press's narrative is trying to tell you that uh, the Domino's delivery man is going to be your new president. We're far from that. Uh, they want you to think that there's no evidence. Uh, affidavits are evidence. And so there's much more. And to give some insight and some other things that, quite frankly, folks just don't want to cover. This, this, is, um, this, is, this is a dystopian nightmare that needs to end. And I can't wait to hear from my dear friend who's got some great insights and some stuff to share with you that's cutting edge. I think you're going to hear it first. So stay tuned. Here it is. Uh, Dr. Keith Rose. Hey, buddy. Hey, how you doing? Good. You, you look nefarious and scary out there like, uh, uh, you know, you're, you're undercover and people are hunting you. And I know you're in front of the library and there's no lighting, but it's the best you could do. And thank you for accommodating us. Yeah, I'm sitting in a Jeep. <laughs> and um, I'm war driving the library's Wi-Fi, so it's, yeah. it's working. So you it know, looks like he's dropped off fifty thousand ballots someplace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a truck full of ballots in the back. And, uh, and, and Eric is with you. Tell her thank you. God bless her for for putting up with us. And uh, you guys are. So <laughs> 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 all, all right. Yeah, so she's a rock star. She's like, let's just go into town. I'm like, yeah. okay. So you saw the intro, uh, Keith, and, and you, you saw uh, uh, Hodgkinson, uh, Hodgkinson um, ad addressing all these physicians in Alberta, Canada, and just you know saying this is the biggest hoax perpetrated on the American people. You know we're looking at our flu rates in the CDC numbers. It's the lowest flu season we've ever seen because they're all being attributed to COVID, I believe. I I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, just anywhere you want to go with this, and especially as I kind of, I, I kind of just through a little uh, seasoning in there at the end with these states that are being contested. Because I know that you're on the cutting edge, uh, especially with Sydney Powell and, uh, 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 Powell, and you're, you're working with all of that. So anything you want to share, we're all ears because every time, and I have to say this to all the folks listening, um, I, I connected with you back, uh, it'll be a year come January, uh, right. you and Erica, and you started coming on this show early on and 100% of everything you said came to fruition. So you guys go back. We've had 229 episodes. Every time Dr. Keith's been on, you go ahead and go back and research all of it. Everything he said has come to fruition. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. All right, Dr. Keith, <laughs> run with it. What do you got? Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Um, what the physician said from Canada is true. This is the biggest hoax ever perpetrated on people but it's not a hoax it's an information operation it's part of a big subversion of our country and I, my best guess is it started quite a while ago and you have to have this to demoralize our population and what i mean by demoralize is to discourage them i mean look what it's doing to california it's shutting down small businesses it's making people feel hopeless yeah. but if you back up to my pilot friends using his analogies to about 40,000 feet, you can think about what else is demoralizing? What else is in our face? Could it be that the Democrats ran one of the most incompetent candidates in the history of elections and they ran him openly where he might fill six or seven circles at his busiest rally, 
yet he got more votes. They want us to believe in the media that he got more votes than Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. They want us to believe that the first time in the history of this country that the election, um, that the voting systems went down in the five battleground states simultaneously for three hours when President Trump was ahead by 30,000 to hundreds of thousands of votes in each state. And then suddenly when they re came back online three hours later, he was behind. And what you're seeing is you're seeing in your face demoralization. And they're basically, I believe, that they're pushing it on the GOP and saying, you're ineffectual. And they want to demoralize the base because they know that the GOP is basically a controlled opposition. You know, you see a lot of surrender monkeys out there already going, well, the, the election's called. And last time I checked, according to the Constitution, the election's not called. Nope. And you have you have what Yuri Bezmenov used to talk about all the time. You have the media acting as unelected authorities or committees. They're out there telling you that they have authority. You have the Associated Press telling you, we have authority to call the election. All the Associated Press's information comes from Clarity. Clarity's information comes from Dominion. So the Associated Press is telling us that they're calling the election based on a company that's from Canada that has their servers in Germany that are passing their information off. And then they're calling the election when our founding fathers, I don't think, took the AP into consideration. I don't believe they even took Fox News into consideration. Yeah, they didn't exist. And, and so what you're seeing, to, to try to put a fine point on this, is you're seeing the stages of subversion where you start out with the demoralization, which takes about 15 to 20 years, or basically the time it takes to educate one generation. And then this is the fine point on that. And it's rolled into a destabilization. And that's when you take groups in the most important areas of society, like religion, education, law enforcement, military, the economy, workforce, and you destabilize. You take education and you shift over from studying history, physics, science to, you know, feminine studies, the mating habits of gerbils. You know, whatever people talk about, you know, these these random urban warfare, you, you, you're changing over to these meaningless degrees and you're and you're destabilizing education. Yeah. Charlie says it best. You know, you take out money you don't have to study something that doesn't mean anything to get a job that does nothing. That's not there. And, and basically you're seeing that then you destabilize law enforcement. You remember one out of 12 here in California chips when people used to look at law enforcement with respect yep mm -hmm. they used to look at police officers now they're trying to make them out as a caricature that they're mean and somehow they've destabilized this so much to the point where the police officer is rude and arrogant but the criminal he's really a good guy i mean yeah he shot at a cop and yeah he may beat his girlfriend but he's really a good soul down and and then and it's and it's okay if we riot for him but let's not support the police who leave their families every day to protect us right to make very minimal money you know let's just let's not pay attention to crime and let's destabilize law enforcement let's destabilize the military and tell you they're a bunch of warmongers all that going on and then to go to the workplace let's destabilize the relationship between the employer and the employee 
let's tell you you don't get enough paid enough let's raise the minimum wage and so what you're seeing is you're seeing a culmination of all this and it, and it and it's right out of the book of subversion. It's right out of the KGB manual. It's right out of any communist manual on how to subvert a population. And, and I won't go at the whole other show, but then it comes around to the economy because you've got to subvert the economy. And what better way to do it than say, hey, look, let's take a bad flu and make it something that it's not. And we, we had a test run and people bought it. So why not take that car out and drive it again? Yeah. I mean, they, they accepted the fact that a lot of people accepted the fact that the most incompetent candidate in the history of the Democrat Party got more votes than anyone in the history of the Democrat Party. You know, they bought that. They bought the fact that his running mate, Kamala Harris, who couldn't even stay in the primary to capture her own state, is somehow qualified. Yeah. So we'll keep pushing on it. I mean, I think Hitler said it best. He said the receptivity of the masses is very limited. Their intelligence is small, but their power of forgetting is enormous. <laughs> In consequence of these facts, all effective propaganda must be limited to a very few points and must harp on these in slogans until the last member of the public understands what you want him to understand by your slogans. <laughs> you know, I like the elections over. Um, Black Lives Matter. You know, any slogan, you pick the slogan, it's just a few words, and they're going to say it enough to you. Live. That's what Hitler said. I mean, if you think, but if the American public doesn't remember what happened two weeks ago in this election, because the mainstream media is trying to make us forget, they understand what Hitler knew. They want to tell you the election has been decided. Yeah. They're going to use a few words in social media. They're going to say, you know, this is disputed. You know, we're going to censor you. We're going to get out there and get in front of you. If we do that, this is going to be in vain because I believe by God's grace, all this had to happen. Like our friend Bob McEwen said, it had to happen. We now see what's happened to our republic. We see at the highest levels of trust that it's been ruptured in the American public. And we have one person, an unlikely person, standing in that way right now, and that's President Trump. That's a person that everyone loved till he ran for president. Every single person that's attacking him now was his best friend until he put his hat in the ring. Right. And so then you look at all this and you well, you have to step back and you have to say again, you know, I, I can't believe my lying eyes, right? I have to think that the, the virus is so bad we need to lock down again. I have to believe that Joe Biden, who no one even talked about, who, ha who lived in his basement for most of the election one by a staggering number and of course only one by a staggering number in the five battleground states well, or, or yeah. four. And, 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 well it, it, main, mainly counties not even the state right right in counties and, and then but then if you step back and you see well in south texas which is a highly dem there are several high democrat counties they oh. went for president trump in right where i am right now i'm in a small town in texas in the hill country there are Trump signs everywhere. I've never seen such an outpouring for president in my 55 years. I've never seen spontaneous rallies in Los Angeles, yeah. in New York City, and everywhere. And and then it gets to where we are right now with the election. Um, I I kind of came out a few months ago or a month ago, Charlie, and I've been a part of the intelligence community for about half my life. 
And an intelligence, it's not about, it's a lot of the cloak and dagger stuff. People think, you know, you're going in, you're blowing stuff up, you're, you're doing this, that, and the other. I mean, I'm sure there's a, there's a part of that. But most of intelligence, if you really un- want to understand it, it's about information operations, what we call covert action. It's about what you're seeing happening right here in the United States of America. And to try to hone down to what I'm seeing in this election, you're seeing a lot of people talk about dominion. Yeah. They're talking about the fraud, the voting system. Now, we need to understand there's two types of fraud. There's voting fraud. That's when people change votes themselves. You know, people vote that are dead. You know, they vote harvest, things like that. That's voter fraud. Then you have election fraud. Election frauds, when you have some typical authority that gets into the system and actually changes the votes electronically, shifts them from one to another. Now, what's open source about that is there's words being thrown out there like hammer and scorecard. Now, theoretically, they exist. These are tools. These are intelligence tools. These are national security tools. Now, I know there's some open source out there that hammer and scorecard were used in Venezuela by Hugo Chavez to change the votes in that election. So let's let's go down that that rat hole and look at that premise. If that happened, we need to ask the question, who authorized it? You can't use national intelligence, I mean, national security tools, whether they're cyber or anything else, without an authorization. And I would tell you that theoretically, if Hammer and Scorecard are real, you're talking about changing votes in an election, let's just say in another country. That will cause a disruption in the population. There will be riots. People could die. So then it would require a lethal finding by the president. He would have to sign that. So my question is, did President Obama ever sign a finding to use, if it's there, hammer and scorecard or whatever you want to call it? Did he did he sign that finding? Can I, can I, can I, uh, Keith, can I jump in real quick? So for the folks tuning in, you, you shared subtly, but I, I still want to just let them know, you, you're not speaking from ignorance. You, you worked with the intelligence community. We'll leave it at that. But that being said, understanding Hammer and Scorecard, and, and interestingly enough, on your podcast, The Scalpel, you covered this early on in this year. I mean, you were, you were the first on this and describing it because in the world in which you, you run, you knew of all these things, and you spoke of it. And then when General McInerney points it out the night before the election, what's going to occur, and then it occurs, this isn't new to you. You're aware of it. So, And then today with uh, Sidney Powell, she stated that she listed Clapper, she listed Brennan, she listed, and, and she did the hashtag. So it, it seems to me that you're pointing in a direction that somebody signed off if this was used in Venezuela for Chavez to be elected, um, is, is this where we're going? I'm just, I'm, I'm jumping ahead of you. I don't know. No, no, you're not. You're, you're, you're correct. Someone had to sign an authorization. There's a reason we don't meddle in foreign elections because to do that, then you create tools that maybe could be turned back to this country. Right. I mean, and, and someone goes, well, that's, I was told one time a guy goes, well, that's kind of a bridge too far. And if he's listening, you know what you said. Well, I would just point you to the person that has been indicted from the FBI on FISA abuse. 
Now, FISA is a tool. It's a national security tool right. to to look at citizen or to look at people and spy on them using our our national security infrastructure, our cybersecurity infrastructure, overseas and through the FISA court here in the United States of America. Now, that has been abused by the intelligence apparatus period we know that full stop so it's not a great jump to think well if there is a hammer and scorecard was that abused by the same people hmm. i mean did they stop at the fisa or is that just they stopped i mean i hate to say this but it's kind of like when someone finds out that their significant other's cheating on them and it's like that's the one they know about but are there more i mean these guys have already hmm. made the decision that the rules don't apply to them we know that from what's come out so far. So did they take that extra step? I believe personally that Dominion is a vector. It's not where we should be looking. It's more of a stalking horse. It's what they use because Dominion's international. It's out there. It's voting systems. They have you know machines, ballots. But to use these national security tools, they, they would use that as a vector. They would be inside of it. But they would be run not from overseas, but from right here in the United States. So the question needs to be, did that happen and who authorized it? Yeah. Now, we know that when President Trump came into office, President Obama's national security staff removed safes from the national security with several documents. We don't know what they are because they're not going to open them for five years. And, and, and President, I believe President Trump wasn't briefed adequately on his Title 50 authorities, which have to do with foreign intelligence and national security matters due to intelligence. And they removed these. And I wonder, was that finding in there? That's just a question that needs to be asked. Sure. And, and to have, and, and I'll tell you what's the real tragedy here, is to have a mainstream media that is telling us, that is showing no interest. I, I look at, at it, I mean, if you really want to understand it, they ran an investigation with 16 partisan Democrats and 26 plus million dollars for two years on our president over anonymous sources, no hard data. Yet we have hundreds of affidavits. So an affidavit, which is a signed, a signed document where some it's under penalty of going to prison. If you're lying under penalty of perjury, federal law. Right. So someone was willing to sign their life, their fortune and their sacred honor. Yet the media doesn't feel like that is important. Yet they will go with an anonymous source and give it days of attribution. They will run that. And so what the media has shown us, like a lot of things in 2020, I think 2020 has been a time of light. I mean, these guys don't do well in gals in the light. This, my boss used to tell me the sunlight's the best disinfectant. And you just need to pull people out. And, and what they're seeing, right? I mean, the American people are sitting there watching, and I don't want them to become demoralized. And, and we know through Christ, we don't have to be demoralized. We know that we have something driving us that's so much stronger because we know what truth is. And I, and I would encourage the American people that what you're seeing is true. What you're hearing, you have to use wisdom to understand. And wisdom is the proper application of knowledge. Yeah. So if I want to try to have some wisdom here, then I would look at, number one, 
have has there been a national security intelligence tool abused? We know that FISA was abused. Well, then if hammer and scorecard exists, then it's possible that that could have been abused too because the same people were in charge. John Brennan, James Comey, John Clapper. Clapper. Yeah. I mean, all those chuckleheads, excuse my, you know. <laughs> so when you have when you have those guys and then you have the FBI, which unfortunately, and I have friends in the FBI, has not purported themselves well, at least from what we can see. You know, I see mailmen that are Democrats signing affidavits because they know it's morally wrong what they witnessed. And they're standing on that. We see election officials that are Democrats that are signing affidavits because they know it's morally wrong. And they're standing on that. But I haven't heard one FBI agent come out and say, I've seen something morally wrong. I've seen several run to the New York Times and 10 op-ads attacking our president. But I haven't seen anyone say they've seen something morally wrong. Well, and, and so and, my, I would I would also say, too, that especially with the postal worker, they sent out the, the postal inspector, uh, the general inspector to go out and berate him. Uh, what was oh, it yeah. for? for o- the over, Wisconsin guy. Yeah, four or five hours um, and, and trying to compel him to pull his 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 affidavit. And, and we send out how many FBI agents to go investigate a noose uh, at a NASCAR 16. race? Yeah, 16. Yeah. 16. And then we send out FBI agents to go follow people that are following the Biden, uh, you know, campaign bus. But here uh, we have just compelling and, and we have evidence laid out and we don't hear anything from the FBI. Uh, it, right. It, well, the Biden campaign bus, I think they realized that was the depends rep trying to get you know, <laughs> a spokesperson for it. I, I can't be sure. But but we do we do know that. And, and I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not using a sweeping brush here, but I'm not going to play the word salad game. With the media, I'm not going to be cowed by the media. I'm going to speak the truth. So I think that at a minimum, there's questions that need to be asked about the FBI, about the CIA. The FBI's job is to protect our national security. It's not to be political. It's not to use national security tools to overthrow an election if that happened. And we need to ask the question, who invented those tools? They weren't invented in Venezuela. No. I can promise you that. And and if and not only who invented them, but who or who who said we could use them in Venezuela? Who said we could use them here? So, so and, and those questions gotta be asked. Will you will you take the folks that are tuning in who, much like many in America, are a little demoralized because I mean, first of all, I don't think I've watched a single segment on Fox News or listened to Fox News uh, since the debacle on election night. Uh, I'll, I'll take a clip maybe from YouTube of Tucker when someone tells me there's something significant. And I, and I like what he did with uh, Governor Newsom uh, and, and the piece they did of him dining. And it, it was helpful. So that I looked at. But there are folks, they don't know where to go. They don't, they're, they're, you know, you have an inside track. You know the players involved in all this. You know Sidney Powell. You, you know General Flynn. Is there anything you want to share with folks tonight to encourage them in some capacity, some of the stuff you may or may not, maybe you're at liberty yeah, to I, share? Yeah, I, I would, well, I would tell you, you mentioned Tucker. Tucker did a segment the other night, which wasn't, which was very disingenuous to Sydney. Now, I don't think Tucker 
is a leftist attacking Sydney. When I saw that, I felt like Tucker was basically a little full of himself and acting immature. He was acting like, why isn't she calling me and letting me know what's going on? I offered to give her all this time. And again, wisdom, proper application of knowledge. Sydney Powell is a serious person working, my understanding, 17 to 20 hour days tirelessly. She's getting evidence to present in civil court. And she's working around the clock. Why would she go on any news show like Tucker's when you call at night saying, hey, give me a call? I think she has more serious fish to fry than to air out her evidence on Tucker Carlson. And I think probably his ego got a little in front of him there because he does great work. But I would encourage him, brother, back up a little bit and give her an apology. Give her some grace and say, you know what? We'll be ready when you are. Not, I don't know why she doesn't have anything and there's And to say there's other Republicans or people around the president that feel the same way. There's a lot of people around the president that are putting knives in his back metaphorically. And that we've seen that since day one. So we have a president that works around the clock that I believe for whatever reason, God has his hand on him. Every time we think he's in a U-shaped ambush, he he appears or an L-shaped ambush. he, He gets out and he's doing a good job. And he's right. I believe that he won by an overwhelming majority. Sidney Powell does, and she's risking everything. These people are being threatened. You know, we watch it, and it's so egregious, and it's happening so much, we say, oh, they're just being threatened. This is the United States of America. People are doing their job, and they're being threatened. And that should make every American stand up. Yeah. And so Sidney Powell is working. So Tucker, I would tell to encourage the Americans— no, it's not a slam against Tucker. I would just say thank you, Sydney, for not going on his show and continuing to work under a very short timeline to develop what you need to not help President Trump win, but to show justice in our election. Look, if all legal votes are counted and illegal votes are discarded and Biden wins, then Biden wins the president. I wasn't happy when Barack Obama won in 2008, but I understood it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And but the the Republicans have got to grow a spine. They have got to grow something. You know, it's not even a spine. What they need to grow is character, not caricature. We don't need more caricatures of politicians. We need more character that are the same character that people got on ships and came to this country 200 plus years ago that that decided that they wanted to do something and be bigger than themselves. The same character that had people get to California from the East Coast with a lot of problems in between and a lot of them didn't make it. And the same character that was in that schoolhouse after we won the Revolutionary War and hammered out the greatest government the world has ever seen. But it was, like they said, it was all based off of principle and virtue. (laughs) And what we have right now is we have a lot of people that are not acting virtuous. They're looking for the quickest, quickest, quickest exit ramp. And they don't want to be, they don't want to be wrong. So they don't want to say anything. They think it's better not to say anything. And maybe instead of say something to be wrong. Did and you, I would tell you, you know, what you see, speak about it. 
Did you see today that the the law firm had pulled away from the Secretary of State of Pennsylvania? Uh, it, it may be telling in some capacity that uh, they want to distance themselves. I mean, I don't know, but uh, is there any insight into any of these areas that you're aware of, that you know of? Um, there, there's there's so many. It's it's you've heard the saying. It's like drinking from a fire hydrant. You have so many. You have so much evidence. The media says there's no evidence. You have sworn affidavits. That's considered evidence. You have, from my understanding, firsthand knowledge, people that witness fraud on a massive scale. But what you're seeing right now is you're seeing that, again, it's, it's part of going back to the subversion that you get from Marxist subversion is you have people that are the Democrats right now, the new Democrat party are a party that ideology is their God. They walk in lockstep. And, and unfortunately for the Republicans and the GOP as a whole, they seem to want to stay together as the GOP, but I don't know what their mission statement is because as a, as a nation, especially with COVID, I would think our mission statement is the constitution and to stay free. Because if you're looking at the actual information, you wouldn't be locked down in California. My question to you is, why isn't, I don't know, 100,000 Californians doing their their civic duty by surrounding Governor Newsom's house to protect him from COVID? I mean, you could surround his house with large trucks and don't let any disease get in there to him. Yeah, it might block a few other things, but, you know, you're protecting him because he's protecting you, right? I mean, you have a governor that will go out to eat at one of the most expensive restaurants in Napa Valley, and he doesn't care. Yeah. With, with, because, with, with the health officer. Right, with the health officer, because they don't care if you know. And I'm sorry, California, if you take that, that's your problem. Yep. Yeah, at this, at this point, at this point, they, my hair would be on fire. Yeah, at, at this point, especially for small business owners, uh, if they don't understand, with the first lockdown, you were reduced and, and your profit margin shot. Now you've run through your savings. They're not doing any more subsidies. They're not helping anymore. And then it's going further and further. And, and they're, they're not going to stop until you're finished. So if you don't stand now, if you don't rebel against this tyranny and open your business, uh, you're going to lose it anyways. Right. I mean, th this is everyone needs to take a step to stand in opposition, they're not in control. And the more you push back, the, the sooner you realize they're the minority. Um, that, that's, that's the way you break that. You break it by everyone doing it. Yeah. The, way, the way after the, the big revolution in Egypt during Obama's time, the way they overthrew that dictator, is 30 million people went into the street. They, didn't, they weren't even violent. They just went out and said, we're not doing it anymore. And they over that stopped that color revolution, which is what we're in now. And I would tell everyone in California, go to work, go about your business, go to I, church, I mean, go to church, <laughs> go to church. I mean, absolutely. If you read the Gulag Archipelago, Archipelago by um, Solzhenitsyn, he talks about in that he's and he's he's in the Gulag and he's wondering what would have happened if when the security police came out to our buildings. We had risen up and fought. Maybe a few of those didn't get home to their families at night. Maybe they wouldn't be so active at going out. And I'm not saying be violent, but you're 
you're, you know how this is going and it's not going to change. People need to realize that your freedoms, you have, you're in the right. This is constitutional. Do it peaceably, but go to work. If everyone opens up, you know, Newsom can just, you know, go to the Napa and have, have a Coke and a smile. I mean, there's nothing, you know, he can do about it. You know, we learned, uh, so, so when we had Joseph Bondarenko, who was the pastor who spent 23 hours a day in solitary confinement in the Soviet Union for, for being a minister and declaring Christ and, and uh, being locked up in a Soviet regime, uh, their point was when he was removed from the pulpit, they had a, a line of secession that another one would just step up and another one would step up. And, and we're prepared for that. If, if they want to come after us and they want to take this person out or that person out or arrest that person, we, we've got a line of people ready to step in in, in re- regards to that. And I think every American needs to be prepared to do that. Because after a while, they, they just they, they, they won't have the will of the people anymore. Right now, folks are just scared and they're muzzled. But they have to see the hypocrisy and they have to see their life savings being wiped out and the lies and the deception. And, and if they don't do something, they're, they're giving away their liberty. No, it's, it's exactly. And, and, and that's what they're doing. They're giving it. They're, the, it's not being taken from them. They're giving it to them. Yeah. Because you don't have to do this. You know, when God brings you to a purpose... A lot of times your purpose, a lot of people, I believe God is calling to their purpose. You may be sitting at home going, you know what? I feel I'm being driven from something deep inside me to go to work, to do something. When God brings us to our purpose, it may look impossible from a world's view. Like right now, I see Sidney Powell fighting and it looks impossible from a world's view. But I promise you, it's ridiculously simple from Christ's view. Yeah. God yeah. looks at us. And he says, if I'm for you, who can be against you? If you're rightly related to Christ, if you're in his word, you know, he emancipated our personality and he transfigures us individually because he wants us to be complete. He wants to show that love and compassion for Christ and our devotion to him. And it's for other people. And they see that by by when we work out our faith and that faith is not doing something I know I can do. I've been overseas and had to do some things that I didn't know I could do it, but I knew God could. And I know that our founders did the impossible, but it looked ridiculously simple from Christ's point of view because he works through them. And as believers, I believe there's a real calling. I think it's a time to act out our faith, not act it out, but work it out. Uh, Keith, when, when, um, when you and I met uh, and we were on our way to Florida, there was something very apparent, especially when you and Erica were there, that we, we knew that there was this uh, gathering of individuals eclectically from all over the country. And, and you're watching this kind of t- take place and transpire, especially with Sydney and with Governor Flynn, or excuse me, with General Flynn and others, that, that, that this is a handful of folks that are kind of uh, willing to stand and and are have a conviction that they they've they've counted the cost they're no longer afraid of losing everything because this is so critical and so important and and i from what you've shared tonight i would encourage everyone who's viewing 
you keep this lady in your prayers. All these folks that are involved. Lift her up. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one thing to to, to be discouraged and and to wonder if this is going to work out. There's folks that are in the arena right now laboring. And and the canvassing... uh, the, the canvassing, the Republican canvassing office, uh, the two that rescinded their vote, they've been facing, mm-hmm. you know, threats. Their uh, children every, have been facing threats. Their children. Mm-hmm. And, and, and these who have done affidavits, the same thing. They've had attorneys that have had to leave because their families have been threatened. They're in the arena. They're laboring. So do your part. Take your mask off. Have Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Enjoy your family. Start to realize and look at the reality of this. Listen, where's the science? I mean, come on, folks. The virus operates from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. Where's the science? <laughs> yeah. well, the, governor, and the governor and the health officer are at dinner on your tax dollar. No social distancing, no masks. Where's the science? Wake up. Well, that's even more than that. That's a metaphoric middle finger to you, oh, California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I we're, mean, yeah. And, we're going to take it all. Ninety-two percent of the public are wearing masks, yet we have an increase yeah. in the coronavirus. Let me put this to rest for you. I've said this from the beginning: masks don't work. Yep. And it's like throwing I, it's like throwing sand at a chain link fence. Yeah. Yeah, and and the thing is, it could actually cause problems by collecting virus. <laughs> You need to wash your hands. You need to treat it like a bad flu. You need to protect the people that are vulnerable. But we've never quarantined healthy people. We've never locked down businesses. And you know what? There are things out there that are more dangerous than the coronavirus right now. But more importantly, if you look at national and state statistics on total death rate, and they have it by month and year. Yep. Right now and every month, previous and if you look at the year's results we are no different than we have been for the past 20 years so we don't have an increase in death rate so when with with what they're saying are coronavirus deaths we have a sudden drop in flu deaths we have a sudden drop in heart attacks we have a sudden drop in in strokes so what you're seeing is i can tell you the last bad when we had swine flu they told us to stop testing for it just treat we are we are we are reacting to tests, and they're they're strictly so that people can get their Maduro on right now. And and don't and you know we they didn't talk a lot about it before the election, but now they're talking a lot about it again. The bottom line is we know what the information is. The medical community as a whole has failed miserably because people are afraid of being wrong or afraid of being ridiculed. I'm not afraid of that. I'm I'm I'm. I've got to do what God calls me to. I'm going to speak the truth. If I see something that changes, then I'll go and tell you I was right or wrong. The more I look at this, the more studies I see, the more patients that we treat, I will let you know. I have a company. We, we do clinics around the country. I had a gentleman call me who had the coronavirus in another state. He, he was tested positive. He was older, diabetic. I had our physician seen there, and we wrote him for hydroxychloroquine. His best friend in that state got it at the same time he did. Same medical problems, same age. This guy lived. His friend died because they wouldn't give him hydroxychloroquine. Yet we're telling everyone that it doesn't work. And we're not looking at it in context. Taken early, it's effective. But the bottom line is we have ways to treat this. 
President Trump, I mean, you talk about someone who has moved at warp speed. I mean, Joe Biden can't spell it, much less do it. And so as a country, what I believe is we need to support our president. Yeah. We need to support those warriors like Sidney Powell that are fighting for us. And she's not doing it for anything other than she loves this country. We need to support people like General Flynn, who is an amazing man who they targeted and continue to target, talking about the deep state and unscrupulous people. Yeah. We are a strong country. I, there's at least 78 million of us that get it. And if we all stand up, they can't stop. We can, we can make this country great again, as our president said. Uh, Keith, since we're limited on time, and you know, I I don't want to keep you guys in the jeep just sitting out there in the dark. I I I, I want to. Okay. <laughs> bless you guys. But I I, I, I wanted to uh, kind of conclude by encouraging everyone who's viewing that we have a role in this. That that it, it's it's micro tyranny that you face every day, and you have to push back. In, in every level that you can. You've got to do your part. And if we don't, you know, it's, it, it, was it Franklin who said, those who would, who would give up their liberty for the sake of security will receive neither and deserve neither. There, there's, there's no security. They're, they're promising things. They don't care about you anymore. They're going to destroy your businesses. This is, this is all perpetrated. This is all orchestrated and 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 it's it's time that we we understand the data and we do what we have to do is, is there in regards to to covid as as we've been studying all along and we're looking at these numbers have you ever seen since you've been a doctor have you ever seen such low flu numbers no i've never seen such low heart attack numbers i've never seen so such low stroke numbers and the thing is we can't get accurate information on people that have died from COVID versus died with COVID. I've never, and here's the thing, we're speaking common sense. It's like W.C. Fields said when his wife came home and caught him with another woman, who are you going to believe, me or your lying eyes? I mean, we, there, we know what COVID is. And the other thing is we also see what's going on with this election right now. We see what the media is doing. We have seen what unscrupulous politicians have done. It's very important for the people to know that as an organ, as a group gets bigger, it becomes more dysfunctional. You, it's, there's nothing that bigger is better, not in the human body. Cancer patients won't tell you the more they can't cancer, the better they get. Hmm. Diabetic patients won't say the bigger they get. In organizations, the larger they get, the less, it's, the less it is about accomplishing the mission and the more it is about keeping and maintaining your power structure. Why do we continually grow our government? They're not giving us anything, all these payments that they're, quote, giving us. The government doesn't make anything. It takes from you and then bequeaths it back to you. And, and the one thing I think that a lot of our politicians and elites don't understand is we're not, we're, we weren't raised in Europe. We don't work by your leave. Yeah. We were the guys that decided to get on the ship where 40, 50% of the ships didn't even make it across the ocean. We were the guys that got on those covered wagons and went to areas that we didn't know if our family, our wife and young kids were going to make it from disease, yeah. that they weren't going to get killed along the way. We were the country where 18-year-olds 
by the hundreds of thousands or the thousands went and fought a tyranny and a lot of them didn't come home but yeah. then when they did come home they didn't complain they just built this country back so the genetic makeup that we have and our spiritual genetics people that we talked about the founding the spiritual genetics in this country this country was founded in the Declaration of Independence on nature and nature's God. Nature's God is the Bible. Lord Bolingbroke said, nature's God is the word of God. That's what he meant. And that's in all the manuscripts. If you go back and look at where Jefferson got that. So we have God's word. We have the principles. Now we're not perfect people, but we serve a perfect God. Amen. So if you feel the Lord moving in your life, do what's right and do it with love. I don't hate these people for what they're, for. I don't hate these people personally. I hate what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> That's the difference between us and Democrats. I hate what they're doing. They attack us personally. They yeah. hate us personally. Yeah. And and you can see that. So recognize it and have the conversation. And I pray that, you know, your state will stand up and everyone get out and go to work. <laughs> hey, if Newsom, and I would just call it, you know, the Newsom effect. I mean, he went there. And doctors, you know what's right and wrong. Doctors on the front line. There's some great docs out there. Simone yeah. Gold is one of them. Yeah, James Dr. Dan Erickson. Speaking yeah. Up. yeah, Erickson. There's a lot. You got Dr. Ioannidis. You know, this as you have probably one of the best epidemiologists on the planet in California. And he says the death rate on this thing is the IFR is 0 0.05. That's flu. So yeah. if you're under the age of 70, you have a better chance of dying walking across the street. Yeah. And I mean, and it won't stop here. You got to realize that it's not going to stop here. So you, you have to get out. You have to move. So you brought up Simone Golden. I'm going to close with this. Um, I was with her at the CNP in, in Washington, D.C. And she's, she's not a professing Christian she, by, by her own admission. Uh, she's Jewish by background. And, and as she stood for truth, to great expense to herself as she was a frontline doctor just speaking the truth when others were silent. It, it came at an expense and a cost to her. And she said, you know, the people that came alongside me were Christians. And, and she said, I, I'm thankful, but I'm shocked at how many Christians aren't exercising their faith like the ones who I have seen. And, and, and that the majority are, are not standing in truth. If this God you speak up is the God of liberty, if these these biblical principles founded this nation, if this was a refuge a refuge for Jews that were facing persecution and came to the United States of America, where are they? And and I was moved by that because here you have uh, a, maybe a secular Jew, maybe uh, no no she she would consider herself maybe Orthodox, um, and and. And she's moved, but she, she just doesn't understand where the faith of this evangelical Christendom is. And I don't blame her, because I'm wondering where the churches are. Well, the church is part of the subversion. You have a lot of people that have gotten into the church that, I, like Charlie says, it's a modified TED Talk with an invitation at the end. And yeah. faith is something. You said exercise faith. It's like muscles. You exercise your faith, your faith grows. Yeah. Because faith is not doing what I think I can do. Faith is doing what I know God does. Amen. Because if I'm going to rely on me, I'm, I'm, but as I exercise that faith, that faith grows. And then you create an aura 
because Christ creates that around you. People that exercise their faith, people want to be around. Yeah. They want, I, yeah. I wanted to be around you. I wanted to be around David. I want to be around people that are warriors for the Lord. And I mean, and I'm not afraid to say it. You know, I've been all over the world. I've seen a lot of war. I, I'm not worried about that. What I want to do is be true to Christ who's in me. Yeah. Because at yeah. the end of the day, David said it best. He has this beautiful cap palace. And he says, I pitch my tent here in Jerusalem. We're all pitching our tents right now. I mean, I was 20 the other day. Now I'm 55. Yeah. I, I, this is not where I'm going to have my permanent residence. Yeah. I just pitch my tent. And when you understand that and you have your faith, then you can step into your purpose. And when you do that, it's really cool. God's going to move and he'll move mountains. And it doesn't take a lot. I mean, Gideon's army wasn't big. And he's not going to use the most likely, hey, President Trump, he's using him mightily. No one would have said he's going to be more conservative than Reagan, President Trump. But if God has a purpose for you and you move in that purpose, you can't be defeated. I, we can't be harmed. I'm sorry. You're untouchable. That's a good word. That's just the way it is. That's yeah. a good word. Yeah. Well, thank you and bless you and Erica for, you know, <laughs> leaving the, the comfort of, of your camper and driving like banshees and avoiding the deer, you know, and, and finding a, 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 an internet connection so that we could be with you. Um, absolutely adore you guys. And you spoke highly of me, but uh, I have to just tell you, Keith, that the two of you have blessed me more than you know, and I'm grateful that God brought you into my life. And this this fellowship is stronger because of the two of you. Yeah. And we've derived courage because... Uh, you've given us knowledge and that's given us strength. And, and then that knowledge has been applied with wisdom. So bless you, brother. Go enjoy yourself. Erica, thank you, dear. You're wonderful. I know you're there. You're high. <laughs> All right. Love to both of you and thank you. Love you Thanks, guys. Thanks, brother. Amazing guy. Do you know the thing that I took away from that is I was so hoping for him to give me some data. Hey, this is how it's going to lay out. But do you know what he did? Like he always does. He turned back to Christ and said, this is completely in Christ's control to make this happen. So what are you guys worrying about what's on the news? Christ can do it. Get back to praying. I love that he brought it back to that because that gave more hope than any of the data he gave us. Yeah, and in addition, he he's connected with the folks that are on the front line of this. Yeah, and everybody wants us to t- give them good news so they can say, "Okay, now I can relax." Now, yeah, it's not about relaxing now. Yeah, it's about exercising faith and standing upon the principles for which you have declared as a Christian uh, are are critical and important to you. Yeah, and now you have a chance to walk in that. Yep. So exercise that, show it, stand firm. Don't be afraid. God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. And and this is this season could be the finest hour. Yeah. So uh, yeah, uh, Keith knows stuff. There, there'll be things coming out. I'm blessed by it, but he's wise and he's navigating that. He's working directly with Sydney. He's working directly with uh, General Flynn, a number of others. So it's it's exciting times to be alive. Yeah. And, you know, we said it 200 episodes ago. It's like God's in control. He's looking at what are you going to do? Are you going to pray? Are you going to stand up? What are you going to do? This isn't caught him off guard. He's asking you what you're going to do. Yeah. 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 You have at, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty for which Christ has set you free. Yeah. And the idea yeah. is, is stand. Yeah. That's what we're called to do. Yep. So. That was neat. Yeah. Well, folks, thanks for joining us tonight. It was a wonderful evening with Dr. Keith and his wife, Erica. And uh, 
Uh, listen, uh, check out his his podcast called The Scalpel, Dr. Keith Rose. Great insight. He'll give you updates. He's connected and working closely uh, with Sidney Powell and, and, and General Flynn and all the folks that are in a, as a part of this uh, effort to con, uh, reveal the fraud that's going on. So let's all do our part. And here in California, we remain the resistance. Push back. Uh, this this uh, tyranny needs to stop. And so um, this Sunday, you, you, you got to tune in. You got to come. It's going to be kind of interesting. I, I'll just leave it at that. And then tomorrow night, I think our guest is going to be Pastor Jurgen Matisius, who is from Awakened Church in San Diego. You have to hear this man's testimony about his father, um, escaped East Germany. They immigrated to Australia, lived in New Zealand for a period of time, came to the United States of America. He's a citizen now. He's more fervent for this country than people who have been born here. Yeah. And I love this guy. And uh, you're going to be so encouraged uh, tomorrow uh, as, he, as he comes in as part of our program. Oh. So with that, we're going to close tonight with uh, the blessing from Numbers 6. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and may he be gracious to you. And may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So there you have it, folks. Lots to be joyful about. Count it all joy. His peace is not the absence of conflict. It's his presence in the midst of it all. And we have that. And I have to tell you, I've never been busier, under more pressure, and I've never had more peace. That's kind of cool. I've never enjoyed this level of faith in all my years on this earth. This is a fun time to be alive. I pray the same for all of you. We'll see you tomorrow night. God bless you all. Good night, everybody.